Warning, because of the extreme content in this podcast, it is not appropriate for children. It contains depictions of violence, language, and disturbing subject matter. It is recommended strictly for adult audiences. Parental guidance is suggested. My name is Joey Siaglia, and I am so excited to welcome you back for Season 5. Have you ever had a conversation with a serial killer and lived to tell about it? My brother, Tony Siaglia, a traumatic brain injury survivor, and the subject of the best-selling book, The Serial Killer Whisperer, has spoken for hundreds of hours with some of the world's worst serial killers. These conversations will bring you as close to a serial killer as you'd ever want to be. This season, Tony, along with our father and co-host, Al Siaglia, will share their complete investigation of Joseph Roy Matheny, one of the most depraved criminals that has ever dealt with. Through rare phone conversations, letters, and visits, you will hear a story so evil that even Hollywood couldn't make it up. Matheny is a serial killer that enjoys torturing his victims before he kills them. Admittedly, he loves having sex with their corpses. Joe Matheny also bragged about having a barbecue stand and adding parts of his victim's flesh to the pork sandwiches. The question with us has always been, is this bullshit or is this true? Tony and Al decided to visit the monster in prison and ask him face-to-face this question, are you truly a cannibal creator? This is his story, and this is Murder Phone. Hey, you murder phoniacs. This is your host, Tony Siaglia, the serial killer whisperer. Before we start our show today, we'd like to say happy birthday. Happy birthday. To Natasha down in Texas. She's a really good friend and a loyal murder phoniac. Thanks, Natasha. Happy birthday. Thanks to our new silver murder phoniac, Samantha. I promise you, Sam. I promise you can hold me to it. We will respond to that amazing letter you sent a couple weeks ago. And also thanks to Bonnie in Oklahoma and Rhonda for buying us some coffee. We're always asking for it. Thank you, Bonnie. Thank you, Rhonda. Appreciate it. To quench our thirst. (laughs) (laughs) I'd also like to thank everyone that has been praying for our good friend and fellow murder phoniac. She's getting some really good reports from her doctors. And I know that prayers work. So please keep them coming. Amen. Amen. Right? Yes. I could have said a dirty joke there, but I didn't feel it would be appropriate. See? She'd probably laugh. I do. I know, but I have some morals. Yes, you do. Standards. Yeah. Regulations. I like that shirt. Oh, oh, thank you. Tell them why you're wearing it. 
I'm wearing this shirt because Veterans Day is Friday. Friday, right around the corner. My dad's cross. I forgot to wear it. It's yeah, an but American you got that shirt. That shirt's great. Says it, it all, doesn't it? You know where I got this? Where? When we were driving home from California, oh. I got it at a truck stop. I do remember now. Remember? Yes, yes. There was a McDonald's and then there was a truck stop. I do remember. And I do remember this about the truck stop, that the truckers, they could buy showers and they would announce it on the PA. Number 150, we have a shower ready for you. I thought of Joe Matheny. I'm thinking of Joe Matheny. He's in that shower. Please. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, today we are going to cover the question if Joe Matheny is a sociopath. Now, I know that seems funny, but many times, as we like to say, these killers can't see the forest for the trees. Sometimes they don't even know the definition of a sociopath. Or you have killers like Ken Bianchi and Randy Kraft that claim they never killed anyone. And they are as sane as you and me. Right. Right. (laughs) Well, before we get into Tiny's mindset... I'd like to introduce my co-host, and it's going to be quick, everybody, because we have a lot to cover today. So, he hasn't changed from last week. He hasn't changed from the week before. He is still the one and only fucking Coxman, Al Ciaglia. Thank you, Tony Boy. You're welcome, Dad. I appreciate it. Take it. I will. Is Joe Matheny a sociopath? Hmm. What we've decided to do here, folks, is because of the question. And I, I thought we covered it, but there are some people, I guess, that are really questioning, was he really a sociopath? So if I were an attorney, and I'll pretend like I'm an attorney today. I'll say, you like that? I like it. I like it too. You would make a good, mom's always yeah. said you would make a good attorney. I don't know about that. But yeah, I'll be like an attorney today. All right. But the only thing is this may be the easiest case to ever prove mm-hmm. for an attorney. So- sociopaths are liars, con men, right? Mm-hmm. Narcissistic pieces of shit. <laughs> Right? Yes. Okay. So let's go to a letter where he is clearly lying about everything. So remember the court transcripts that he offered to you, Tony? I do. For $500? I do. All right. Now he claims he's giving them to Tony. He's going to give them to you, bud. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, I can tell you, Tony never paid killers for their shit. He always made that clear with them up front, right? Always. The most he would do is buy him a food package. Because that's Once like, in a, that's like blood money. Yeah, yeah, it is. Paying for yeah. their shit. But the food package, that's understandable. And mm-hmm. sometimes he'd buy uh, a couple of t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. He wouldn't get them, <laughs> but he bought them. <laughs> you didn't get them yet, did you? 
No. Okay. They must have got yeah, lost. I'm just, I'm just checking. In the mail. So anyway, fat, uh, fat ass tiny asked him for a food package and he offered him his old TV if he wanted it. Tony agreed, bought the package. Now I'm going to read the letter when the lie begins to manifest itself. This letter is dated June 8th, 2008. Hey, Tony, I just received your most welcome letter. It always makes my day when I get to hear from you. Thank you for the quarterly food package. It's much appreciated. Well, you should have received the court transcripts that I sent you by now. (laughs) I'm sorry I could not send the TV, but they advised me that I cannot do that for security reasons. Could I ask you a question? Please. Do you have a TV from Ken Bianchi? I do. You have one from Bill Bonin? I do, yes. Must have been no security reasons there. And I got an old radio from Ken Bianchi. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No security reasons. No. Got a Norelco razor from Randy Kraft. I do. Floating heads. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, you see where I'm going with this? Security reasons, Tom. Were you buying this? Were you buying it? No. I didn't no. buy it then. I'm not fucking buying it now. Nah, I hear you. All right, back to the letter. Please do not ask me why, for I don't have a fucking clue. As you can see, I haven't closed my ID for you. Oh, there you go. That's a fair trade. Yeah, thanks. You know, food package for the ID. (laughs) Back to the letter. I hope you don't get mad at me over not sending you that damn broken down piece of shit TV. I kind of think the state may have done a favor. I know why he didn't fucking send it to me. I just saw it. He's too fucking cheap. That's why. You want to pay for the uh, mailing. Well, yeah, that's part of it. You ever think maybe it wasn't broken? Oh. Because if it was broken, that cheap fuck would have asked you for a new TV. He's the lawyer, right? That's pretty smart. It wasn't broken. That's what I think. Uh Uh-huh. But that's a good point, too. He's a cheap prick. Mm -hmm. So, all right, back to the letter. I kind of think the state may have done a favor by not letting me send it to you. Ha ha. Anyway, I will try and make it up to you for some other way. Please feel free to throw me any suggestions you may have to what you want to make up for it. Other than the drawings, my prison shirts, and some of my dead bodies that I haven't been found yet, I don't really have much else to give. I'm going to close now. I just wanted to tell you about the TV. Until next time, take care out there. Hang tough and stay strong. Later, Joe, a.k.a. Tiny Dick. (laughs) Tiny Dick. (laughs) All right, folks. Now I'm going to read one of his next letters. When Tony said, to him in a letter. Don't worry about that broken TV. I still consider you a friend. This is called fighting bullshit with bullshit. Right, Tom? Fuck yeah. 
Hi, Anthony. As always, my man, I hope you are happy and well. I got your most welcome letter, and it's always good to hear from you. Hmm. I do really appreciate you still considering me a friend. I really can't say I have too many people who feel that way about me. And probably for damn good reason, seeing what I have done in the past to people. Yeah, nothing will break up a friendship faster than when those who consider you a friend find out that you have killed and eaten some of their relatives or friends. Ha ha. Uh I'm sorry I have not called you lately. But I have a bad cold and out of respect for all the other people who use these phones. I've been trying to keep my germs to myself. He's one giant germ. What a nice guy, huh? Fuck me. You asked me if my artwork deals with what I did to my victims that I killed. Yes, it does. I am nothing more than a broken, hollow shell of a man just taking up space in this world. I serve no purpose, nor do I contribute any sort of worth to society. At least he's fucking right about that. He's honest about that. That's what I do like about Joe, is he doesn't try and come off as something he isn't. Like Ted Bundy, you know, tried to come off as this good guy. Exactly. Exactly. Or, Or like John Gacy. Or Bill Suff, you know, or Ken Bianchi. You know, they all tried to come off as something they weren't. I never did anything. I never Mm -hmm. killed anyone. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, this guy, that's his saving grace. He's a piece of shit. A fat fucking 525 pound dirty fucking serial killing piece of shit. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And he admits it. I like it. I like it too. I like like you. You'll like this even more. He goes on in the letter. I could not even make love to a woman unless she was dead. You see, I love dead pussy. No, really, I love dead pussy. It don't talk back to you. You don't even have to kiss her goodnight unless you want to. Shit, it's not damn bad once you get past the smell and push the maggots to the side. You just mount it and ride the hell out of it. You don't have to please it. You only have to please yourself. Very, very, very selfish lover. Do you know? (laughs) Right? I mean, aren't you? I mean, when you're with a woman, it's a rule of thumb. You got to get her off first. You know? But if she's dead, maybe even two or three back times. to the mortuary, right? Yeah, yeah. He showed you how. He told you how. Yeah, you don't have to please a dead body. Just get on it. And you don't it. have to please it. You only have to please yourself. I bet one of his favorite songs was "Love the One You're With" by Stephen Stills. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I'm going to close now. Thank you. Now you take care out there. Later. Joe, a.k.a. Tiny. I wrote this last night. I didn't let you read it because I kind of wanted to surprise you with it. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, it's kind of a... I like it. And you should. I like surprises. Just just let me read it, okay? I won't All say the, a word. Okay. 
You know how, how Joe had his first shot of ass with a German shepherd named Sheena? When you were younger, like a little fucking coxman, <laughs> out roaming the neighborhoods in search of some trim, but always ended up back home having to settle for Rosie and her five sisters. You were at that age where younger girls weren't ready to dish it out yet. And you were still too young for the older girls to take you seriously. So you found yourself taking care of yourself quite often. Did you ever sit there on the couch and look at your dog and say, what the fuck? I mean, how different could it really be? Come on, guys. Wet and warm is really all we're looking for. Just close your eyes and go with it. Just go with it. I wouldn't try it with our cat, Cool, though. <laughs> I wouldn't put my dick anywhere near her. She might love you, but she'd rip that fucker right off. <laughs> she would. Yeah. I said I would keep it short, so that was it. That was short. You did that last night, huh? Yeah. That's a surprise. Huh? Not bad. I liked it. You did, right? I did. I like you. And yeah, what? All right. Huh. Can I get back to the case? Yeah. Let's get back to the case at hand, all right? Who, you if, as a lawyer? Yeah. Okay. If Tiny's a sociopath, all right? Let's go, counselor. All right. You're under oath still, remember, right? Okay. Just like Ted Bundy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Swear, swear me in right here. I'll swear in right now. <laughs> Can I ask you a few questions? Yeah? Yes. All right. Did you buy Joe Matheny, a.k.a. Tiny, a food package? Sure. Yes. Yes or no, please? Yes. Thank you. Did you receive his TV as promised? No. Did you receive the court transcripts that he said he sent to you in place of the TV? <clears throat> no. One more question. Did you ever at any time receive the court transcripts? No, I did not. I rest my case. He's a fucking sociopath, lying piece of shit, narcissistic, fat slob. That's all I got to say to the jury. So you guys can just answer the question out there for yourselves. I think we proved it. We're going to continue to prove it, aren't we, today? Yes. You know, as we're covering Joe Matheny and we're putting the script together and everything, and I go back and I listen to his fucking telephone calls. It just, just reminds me on what a con job he was, you know? Yeah. Fucking. Yeah, he was, you know, he's, yeah. And he's such a fucking liar. 
I guess that all goes hand in hand. Con job, fucking liar, a narcissist. And he's a stupid liar, dad. He's a fucking stupid liar, ladies and gentlemen. And makes it so obvious. Dad, just listen to the end of the first letter you read. I will try and make it up for you some other way. Please feel free to throw me any suggestions you may have to what you want to make up for it. Other than my drawings, prison shirts, and some of my dead bodies that haven't been found yet, I don't really have much else to offer. He said, he said, he sent the court transcripts. They were worth $500, according to him. How the fuck does he know? Yeah, right. He's been in prison. Yeah. He doesn't even know what the internet is. I know. That's right. Yeah. But, but according to him, they're worth $500. He wants to know what I want. He's not only a liar, but a stupid one. And that was good. I thought Joe was in the room here when you were reading that. It did sound. It sounded good, It man. sounds so much better when you're doing it on a microphone. Oh, yeah. yeah. Be- to- because like when you're doing it just like without the microphone, the microphone picks up the, uh, the, the moron better, you know? Yeah. He, yeah, he yeah. just, he sounds like a, like a, like a street thug, like an idiot. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Uh, an uneducated fool. Yeah. All right. Let's hear about Joe talking about his Thanksgiving and his little innuendos about eating people. Yeah, I just wanted to see if I could give you a call. I said I'd call you once a month if you didn't mind. Yeah? Yeah, I just got your letter. I just mailed you off a letter, too, but... Okay, I'll get that in a couple of days. I hear from you. So how's everything going out there, man? Good, I'm feeling really good, and uh, the, the weather is cool. Yeah, it's getting cool out here. It's, it still ain't really that bad, though. Even all the leaves ain't fell off the trees yet. I don't understand it. It's not as bad as past uh, times, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Thanksgiving went well and all. Yeah, it did. We had some family over, and yeah, you know. I hear you. Yeah. How was your Thanksgiving? Like, what did they give you guys there in prison? What to eat? Yeah. Thanksgiving. We had turkey. They gave us turkey. Believe it or not, we get turkey every day of the week anyway. Okay, so it's nothing like new. No. Mm-hmm. They, we got, they gave us a slice of pumpkin pie, so that was no. Some mashed potatoes, some gravy. Uh-huh. Cranberries, cranberries, sauce. Be surprised when you don't get a lot of things, that, you know, for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. A little shot of cranberry sauce. <laughs> Memories flush back, man. Yeah. Yeah. Is it hard to... Huh? They don't give you that much to eat, though, do they? Well, if you see how big I am, you sure wouldn't know it. Yes, I don't. How is that, though? 
Huh? I was trying to put that together. I can't figure that out. <laughs> you, I eat like a horse, man. So you find other things to eat? Yeah. I can always find somebody, I mean, something to eat, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you heard what I said. I heard what you said. Yeah. I can, I can always find somebody to eat, uh, some, something to eat. Yeah. No, no, man, I'm real bullshit. I don't do that no more. <laughs> yeah, right. If they put you out there in the public again, you probably would. Remember when you wrote me that? Well, they won't give me a cell, buddy. They won't? <laughs> they won't give me a cell, buddy. <laughs> you know, he's so funny. I knew exactly what he was referring to when he said he can always find someone to eat. Yeah. I was pissed. You could tell my voice oh, yeah. in the phone call that, you know, I was pissed and disgusted. You know, it was showing through. My mask was coming off. Dad, he's like a one trick pony, you know? <laughs> yeah. Good. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. He's like an asshole at a party who goes from every little click you know how parties form little clicks Mm -hmm. he goes from click to click telling the same fucking story good analogy i knew i could tell i knew no no i knew he could tell he could tell i was pissed so i had to get back into character and it was really tough sometimes yeah because i had enough i had Enough. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Believe it. Better. Better believe it. Better believe it. Hey? Hey. (laughs) I would get back into character, you know, and I started laughing in the conversation. But while I was laughing, it's like, you know when you vomit a little in your throat and it like comes up, but not all the way. It comes up and it stays like right here and it like fucking burns your throat. Yeah. That's what happened in that conversation. Oh. And I know you're getting tired of adjectives about him, but he is one despicable individual. That he is. Yeah. But you know, and when he's talking to me, you can tell. You can also tell. Now, you, you go back and listen to this, the conversation. He would rather be jacking off that tiny little dick of his <laughs> than talking to me. He doesn't give two fucking shits about our conversation i mean he tells me how great it is to hear from me and you're my number one yeah you're the only one i'm talking to Uh uh-huh you're a hundred percent right what he doesn't give two shits about talking two shits no no he probably was jacking his tiny little dick off when he was talking to you yeah right well i don't know he's so fat to to be able to get his arm lift up that Exactly, right. and get his like his little yeah. finger, yeah. his forefinger, and his thumb eh. on. And I always eh. heard this joke when I when I was younger. You know, take some pepper, and when it sneezes, you grab it. 
like a small dick. <laughs> you ever heard that before? I have. You have, haven't I you? I have heard it, yes. Huh? I'm a comedian, aren't I? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not really. I wish I was. You are. Yeah. I hadn't seen this since last night. And it is emotional. Very. I had a friend who lost her sister to cystic fibrosis. And she was only 17 years old. I wrote a little story for her to try and ease her pain. I sent this story to Matheny. I'm not sure why. I guess I sent it to him because I wanted to see what kind of response I would get out of him. I mean, I already knew. I already fucking knew before I even put it in the envelope and sent it off what kind of response I'd give back. What kind of empty response I would get. And he he didn't uh, let me down. It's a true sociopath and that's the response I got. Here is the story I wrote. They read this at her funeral. Today's date is Sunday, February 8th, 2009. And just over a week ago, the Lord took another one of its population and gave it wings. My friend Emily had a sister who lived in Los Angeles, California. She was 17 years young when she succumbed to cystic fibrosis, a disease that makes it hard to breathe. The life expectancy is not very long with one who was born with this tragic illness. I did not know this girl on a personal level and never even talked to her on the phone. I was only familiar with her from what I heard from my friend, Emily. When she passed away a week or so ago, I remember it hitting me hard in a major way. Like I said, I didn't know her at all. But for some reason, when she died, I felt like I had known her forever. And I wrote this for her family. Fitting of the wings. She didn't have many friends and lived a very sheltered life. Her appearance was that of a frail, fair-skinned girl due to a lack of getting outside much. She was always in and out of the hospital throughout her short life. So when she wasn't feeling good this time around, she went in to get checked as usual. Her oxygen level dropped down way low to the point of it being in the critical stages of life and death. Emily got a call from her mother and was on the next plane out of Vegas. She got to the hospital in time 
and her sister Teresa was still alive, but barely hanging on, struggling for each breath. Teresa made it through the night, and come the morning, Emily and her mother left the hospital to go home and grab some clothes for the next day. Teresa was with her father, alone, as she began to make her journey home. Her oxygen level began to drop under the level of safety, and she touched her father's hand and told him that she loved him. He answered back at her, Don't be scared, honey. Don't be afraid to let go. I'll always love you. She murmured back in a ghastly whisper, Okay. And took her last breath. The line was now flat, and the ventilator was done traveling up and down. If you listened close enough, the only sound you could hear was the rustling of the angels fitting her wings. Teresa, you will always be in my heart, and when I close my eyes, I can see you running and dancing with Jesus Christ in the kingdom of heaven. Written by Tony Siaglia, date February 8th, 2009. That was great. Thank you. Very very moving. I mean, it's been a long time since I heard it. Mm -hmm. So this was his response in a letter dated, dated February 15th, 2009. I'm sorry to hear about the untimely passing of Emily's sister, Teresa. Yeah, that was a real touching story that you wrote. Honestly, that has got me sitting here crying like a big old fat baby. Ha ha. Good try, Tony. I don't feel a fucking thing. You asked if I was a sociopath, and I told you, yes, I have no feelings. I don't care about anyone or anything. As a matter of fact, I'm not sure what a human being is supposed to feel because I've never been human. Nice writing, though, but that kind of shit just doesn't do it for me. And he signed it with an upside-down cross in blood. Fuck this piece of shit. You know, fuck him. I hear you. Fuck him right up that fucking fat ass. Without any lube. Uh Uh-huh. Fuck him. And I don't know why I should get all upset because I already knew what his fucking response was going to be. Yeah, we talked about it. Uh Uh-huh. But I don't know. When you see something like this, just, it goes off in you. You know, it touches a nerve. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to take that bloody satanic cross and just fucking shove it up his ass. 
Well said. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'd be there holding them down for you. Fuck. Well, uh, I'd, I'd have to get somebody. He'd kick your ass. I'd have to get somebody tougher. I don't think so. Mr. Nine. <laughs> you need more uh, water? No, I'm good. Well, fuck. I haven't even no, seen I'm you good. drink any. Just, uh, I've been drinking. Have you? Yes. Stop. Okay. Should I go on? Can I go on with the show? Or No, take a drink. No, I already did. When you were busy reading. You're pretty serious. That was a serious okay. yeah, writing that you did. Very serious. I loved it. Thank you. I hated it, and I still loved it, because I hated who you sent it to, but we had to know. We knew, but we had to hear what he was going to say. Yeah. Piece of shit. He is tough to swallow, isn't he? I mean, he... I remember yeah. when you wrote it, and we had many discussions. He's just, he's psychotic. Mm-hmm. We're not going to go into the adjectives anymore, I promise you guys. But he's a psychotic asshole. That's all you can say about him. He's got no manners. I know. All right. Here's a real telling letter that in subtle ways shows the true psychopathy of Joe Matheny. There's that word. I got it in there. Ding. (laughs) You got it in there. Yeah. I mean, we have to laugh after that. I just. Wait till you hear this. Letter dated January 29th, 2008. Hi, Anthony. As always, my friend, I hope you are happy and well. I got your letters and it's always great to hear from you. Sorry it's taken me so long to respond back to them. I've been feeling a little down lately. Christmas always had that effect on me. Why, Joe? Because, you know, you couldn't find a victim. You weren't out Mm. in your truck. You couldn't pop back a quart of Jack Daniels so the demon in you could get going. Is that why you're a little down? Fat fuck. Well, it is the celebration of the birth of the Messiah. Bingo. Anybody who worships the devil isn't going to celebrate the birth of the Messiah. No, you're right about that. Mm -hmm. And they're going to feel down because they realize when they close their eyes for the final time and they're worshiping the devil. They might Uh, think it's so cool and, you know, it's different and everything here on earth. But when they die... What they don't realize is the devil, he's going to come and he's going to fucking collect. And it's going to be your soul. And it's not life. It's eternity. It's eternity. Yeah. In the lake of fire. Ooh, Joe. (laughs) Burning that big ass. Mm -hmm. Okay, back to the letter. It's the one time of the year that makes me realize that I am truly alone. And I have no one to blame but myself and the bad decisions, blah, fucking blah, blah. Here we go. Same old record with this asshole. Right? Totally. Fuck. Totally. You know, he repeats, he's kind of like Haddon. He repeats the yeah. same fucking yeah. shit. Yeah. But he tries to make himself out. This genius. <laughs> right? 
What about Matheny? What about Try. him? He tries to make himself. He's so intellectual. You know, give me a sheet of paper and some pen, you know, mm. dictionary. I show everybody how smart I am. Yeah, but anybody who needs a dictionary while they're wow. writing a letter isn't very smart. That's my point. Okay. Still being the attorney here. You are, aren't you? <laughs> Back to the letter. Did you go to law school like Ted Bundy did? Uh, uh, yeah, same way. Everybody yeah. knows that Ted Bundy went to law school, but not everybody knows he didn't graduate. Remember, we met that one lawyer who works here in Las Vegas who yeah. actually was in Ted Bundy's class in law school. You remember that? Yeah. He was in our first building that where, where our mortgage company was. I remember. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, Ted didn't make it out of law school. Though. No, he didn't. Mm -mm. Okay, back to the letter. Back to the ravings of this lunatic. <laughs> Many who are incarcerated in the United States commit suicide over Christmas more than any other time. Five men took that way out of here this year. Three hung themselves, and the other two OD'd on drugs. I always hear people say they took the easy way out. Way to go. Thank you. You sounded like a good serious. <laughs> to me, that is stone-cold bullshit. Suicide is the hardest thing in the world to go through. I have tried to take myself out a couple of times, but I have punked out at the last second every time. Too fucking bad you did. Yeah. He punked out. You think he punked out when he was killing Catherine or Kimberly Spicer huh? or the little girl and her mother or the little girl up in the park or the prostitute he picked up in Reno or all the other ones he talked to? He never punked out, did he? No. But when he put the shotgun up to that big, fat fucking balloon head of his, he couldn't pull the trigger. Fucking coward. Fat coward. Yeah! That it's the was, truth. That was a fucking rant. Well, it's the truth. It was, but you do that so good. When you what? get going, it's like, yes, 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 fucking yes! <laughs> there are certain things that just... You know. They eat you up. How can he even say that I punked out? What? No, either you Why kill you yourself or you're you don't. A fucking fat coward. Yeah, you don't try to kill yourself. No. You either do it or you don't. Now back to the letter. Wait till you hear yeah. this. Wait till you hear this part. My younger brother committed suicide back in 1976, probably to get away from this fat fucker. Right? <sighs> he was only 16 years old at the time. He took a shotgun and put the barrel under his chin and then blew his fucking brains out of the top of his head all over the ceiling and wall behind him. Wow. It was a terrible mess. That's terrible. Anyway, I was glad to hear you had a nice Christmas. Let me go back here. Could mm, I? Sure. Let me go back. Just listen to this part of the sentence. Put the barrel under his chin and then blew his fucking brains out of the top of his head all over the ceiling and wall behind him. It was a terrible mess. Hey, anyway, I was glad to hear you had a nice Christmas out there. Mm. Kind of a change of tempo. I mean, right? is that a sociopath or not? Yeah. He, <laughs> I mean, an insane psychopath. 
How was your Christmas? Oh, my brother, I just told you, he blew his brains out. But glad to hear your Christmas was good. Yeah. All right, here, here he goes again. I, I mean, that's a shame that his brother killed himself. Yeah, at 16. it is. It's terrible. That's so young. Yeah. I mean, Joe probably killed him. You haven't lived life. <gasps> Who knows, right? Yeah. Back to the letter. All in all, I have a fairly nice one myself. Could have been better, but it certainly could have been a lot worse. If I learned nothing else during my incarceration, I have learned to appreciate every little good thing that happens to come my way. But I also will never forget there are a lot of people out there that will not be able to enjoy life's little pleasures, especially those people I put in the ground out there. Did you? Did you notice that? Yeah. Well, All the little pleasures that come my way, I appreciate. But the people I put in the ground, fuck them. Basically what he's saying. Yeah. I can't get going again. You can't? Why, your heart? Is it bothering? heart, everything. I just think of that guy. Uh-huh. All I know, though, is when you talk like Joe. Yeah. It's pretty sexy. Is it? Yeah. It, it's like, There's nothing sexy about that, man. It was like, we need to get you a pair of boots, a fucking cowboy hat. Yeah. Put you on a horse. You would be good in a fucking, like a Clint Eastwood movie. It's like a cowboy when you're talking like Joe. It's sexy. Well, let me end the letter. Yeah. Well, I got to close until next time. You take care of yourself out there, pal. Later. Joe, a.k.a. I got a tiny bit. How's that? I like it. All right. All right, let's play a clip where Tony comes right out and asks Tiny if he's a sociopath. Are you a sociopath? A sociopath? Yeah, that's what, like, psychologists, that's what they call serial killers. Somebody that doesn't have a conscience, doesn't have feelings, doesn't have emotions for their victims. Yeah, that's me. That's you. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I've heard it before, but I just wanted to hear you explain it. <laughs> okay, you yeah, son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm like this. I'll treat you like you treat me. If you treat me half decent, I'll go out way for you, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, like me and you, we get along. Shit, there's no problems. You're the only one I... I mean, I, I like a few people here and there, you know? But uh-huh. You're the only main one I do right, so... What, how, did, how did you not get that sentence? I did get to death sentence. I spent, I spent three and a half years up there. On death row? Yeah. Well, they were not the overturn, but I didn't really feel like I got the death penalty on the ones I should have got. Uh-huh. The one I got it for was, was the one girl that, uh, that was kind of wild about her. She was a, she was a prostitute down there. Okay. And, uh, but she wasn't from Maryland. She, she at one time, at one time or another, she was a uh, she was married to a lawyer down in Georgia. Oh, so she was high society. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh, I don't know how she broke down and got up here selling her ass food for drugs. But yeah. Where she was, but <laughs> her this <laughs> kind of strange. And her head, I went and threw her head up. It was about her body. I had out there in the power company. I had she was out there for about. Christ, she was out there for damn near a year. What, what working the streets? No, married up there. Oh, I'm married to a child grave up there. Uh-huh. But I went and I dug the, uh, 
took it out. And I took it down, and the jaw, bottom jawbone was still down there in, in the grave. And that's how they got, they identified her for the dental records. You could tell that he, he made me say it. Yeah. Because, because, yeah, he wanted to hear me say it about the sociopath. Yeah, just to be a smartass. Oh, right? yeah. A, fuck, a fucking yeah. smartass. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking I am one. I knew it. I just wanted to hear you say it, right? Now, what he said, something yeah. like that. Uh-huh. I mean, just all of his fucking crimes. Now, being a sociopath, just being an, just being an asshole. Which yeah. you know he was a total asshole when he was out in public. Like, oh, out. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But anyways, a lot of serial killers, they don't talk about their crimes. Mm-hmm. Not this asshole. He wears it like a badge of honor. You yeah, know? He does. Yes. Like a badge of honor. And then when you asked him, um, why didn't you get the death sentence? He was kind of, he sounded proud of that too. Death sentence. I did get it. I don't think I should have got it for a Kathy Magaziner, but I, I should have gotten it for all the other murders I committed. You know, he had, he just, even about that, he's got to like mm-hmm. just show what a big shot he was. Why know? though? Why not for Kathy Cat Magaziner? Oh, that why? was awful. And they're oh, about to hear it. Why? Yeah. Because the reason they gave him the death penalty, he didn't say this on the call, but because they found her purse buried like six or seven feet from her. So they called that, you know, the death penalty is eligible for certain reasons. Well, killing somebody in while you're attempting to rob them is a death penalty mm-hmm. offense. So they gave him the death penalty, okay. which he wanted, but then later they rescinded it. But basically, he was saying all the ones they didn't know about, mm-hmm. they should have given them the death penalty. They were worse than hers. I don't know how. You're going to talk about that, but I don't know how. And he said on there, I was wild about her. Yeah. Then why did you slaughter her, man? Yeah. Why the fuck because, did you slaughter her? Because he couldn't fuck her unless she was fucking dead. That's true. Right? You're right. You should have been the lawyer. The man. Speaking of lawyers, this woman, you know, was married to a lawyer. She had a daughter. She was from, uh, where was it? Baltimore? Uh, no, she was from no. Georgia. Georgia. She's from Georgia. And my Georgia peach. She was, you know, married to a lawyer, had a daughter. I guess she was beautiful. The fat boy was wild about her, mm-hmm. even though he slaughtered her. But she was like... I think you said high society. I mean, this girl, listen, for this girl to go from being married to a lawyer Mm -hmm. in Georgia to selling her ass on the street of Baltimore for drugs and wind up with Joe Matheny is a perfect ad for why you shouldn't do fucking drugs. They ought, to, they ought to make a yeah. video out of that, you know? Uh-huh. It's just, it's unbelievable. And then, and then he talked about digging up the head and he stopped. You could tell he wanted to talk a little more. Tony is going to tell you about the head in the next letter, but 
He wanted to talk about it, but he stopped. Did you catch that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he pulled it back. He pulled it back. Right, because he was on the phone. I don't yeah. know, but he pulled it back. So. Yeah. It's kind of right. like pulling out. Uh, you know? Pulling back, pulling out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Pulling out. I don't know. Here is the whole story about Catherine Magaziner. I'm glad you're doing this. Why? You know why. Because it's pretty bad. Yes. It's really bad. Yeah. Warning. It's bad. You're kicking ass today. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're lecturing. You're, you're, you're <laughs> ranting. I love it, though. Lecture. Because. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I'm sure they all like that out there. <laughs> They, what's funny is they have no idea what that is. No, I know. You're going to have to tell them something. No, we can't. I keep it a secret, bud. <laughs> Keeps us going. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Especially in public places. Yeah. When you're like over there in the store and I'm like over there in the store yeah. and I go, <laughs> people are looking around like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and then he goes, and then I go, I know. Uh, he goes, hey, hey. <laughs> uh, okay. We have to laugh because we aren't going to laugh now. Hey, Anthony. Greetings to you, my friend. That bitch that I killed in those transcripts, Kath, Catherine Magaziner, was a fucking whore. I picked her up down on Washington Boulevard, where I got several of the other whores that I did. I had never seen her down there before. She was not from Maryland, as I learned later on at my trial. She was from Decatur, Georgia. She was a Georgia peach. Yeah. She was. Like my Georgia peach, remember? I have uh, one. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. She came from a good family down there, and she was married to a lawyer and had a, do- and had a daughter. I have no idea how she ended up as a prostitute working and selling her ass up here in Maryland. She was a damn good-looking bitch until I got through with her. She died a very slow, horrible, painful death. When I was through with her dead ass, I took her out back into the woods. Then I tied a rope around her ankles and hung her upside down from a tree limb. Then I put a five-gallon bucket below her head and I slowly cut her throat from ear to ear to drain her blood from her body. I cut her from between her tits to the top of her cunt. Then I took a large trash bag 
and disemboweled her. And I put salt all up inside of her. She hung there almost 24 hours. And when I went back out to get her, she was ready for the grill. I cut the meat from the back of her arms and legs. That was the only meat I ever used. When that was all done, I buried her in a shallow hole, not far from the others that I had out there. Gee, like his own fucking private graveyard. Yeah. Yeah. I went back to her grave about six months later. I was drunk as a skunk and high as a kite. I dug up her head, but all I got when I pulled it up was the cranium. The rest stayed there. I took that head back up to the shop where there was a garden hose that I used to wash out all the maggots and other crap inside of it. The whole time I was thinking about the night that I killed this stinking fucking bitch. And it turned me on. I then took it back to my little trailer where I skull fucked it. I just sat there laughing my ass off, looking down at that fucking thing with my dick sticking through the eye socket. No, we know his dick fit through that eye socket, yeah, don't no we? No problem. No fucking problem no. at all. Fucking, fucking, fucking. You right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was one of those things you just had to be there to appreciate the sick, morbid humor of it. When I was done, I throwed her head that I fucked in the trash. It is now resting in a landfill up in Oxford, Pennsylvania. You know, I think she had a daughter She was married to a lawyer. She had a family. And now her skull is in a fucking landfill. In Pennsylvania. Yeah. Anyway, when the cops dug her body up, they identified her through her dental records from the teeth in her lower jaw that fell off when I took her head. The rest of her body, her family took back down to Decatur, Georgia for burial. No one in her family came to my trial. I guess in my own sick fucking way, I thought that was real pitiful. They didn't care about her when she was alive, when she needed them to help her get her shit together. But they came all the way up here to take her dead ass back home. 
If you want me to tell you where some more of my dead are buried, I'll have to think about it. I'll let you know. Later. Joe, a.k.a. Tiny. The bloody fingerprint. Sorry. After reading something like that. Yeah. You know, when you know you're close to the storm. Yeah. Like I was with Joe and hearing all of that. Rest in peace, Catherine. And as always, take care, stay safe, and remember, always walk in the calm after the storm. This is Joey Siaglia, and thank you for listening to Murder Phone, hosted by my brother Tony Siaglia, the subject of the best-selling book, The Serial Killer Whisperer, and his co-host, who also happens to be our father, Al Siaglia. For more information on the show, please visit MurderPhone.com, where you can ask questions, link to our social media accounts, and much, much more. If you'd like to help support the Murder Phone podcast, please go to our Buy Me a Coffee page and sign up for a membership package. You can access all kinds of cool, exclusive content that only official Murder Phoniacs can get. Please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, and an iTunes review would be much appreciated. Well, leave one if you liked it, but if you didn't, fuck it. Murder Phone was written and produced by Tony Siaglia and Al Siaglia, and recorded at the Level 9 Studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. A special thanks to our friend Justin Borrego for his editing magic. Join us next week for another exciting episode of Murder Phone. Before we go, I want to give a huge shout out to all those living this life after brain injury our new normal as so many call it you are awesome keep going I know I will and to my listeners that know someone living with a brain injury or other mental health issues please be kind be patient and most of all be understanding. Remember, they are doing the best they can.